Welcome everybody to the Wrestling Wars Podcast Extreme Rules Review and also Week in Review. Uh, we're ready to go. Just watched a surprisingly, I felt, solid Extreme Rules show. Um, me, myself, and my regular contributor, KB, are going to go over that and all of this week's top news stories for you, as well as the highlights of NXT, or at least highlights to us. Uh, first of all, I want to start off real quick in the open <clears throat> and let you guys know that at the end of this show, I'll be uh, promoting the next couple of weeks of shows, and one of them is going to be uh, a film and comic books discussion with a uh, regular contributor on that front, uh, the Shockmaster, and... Another one will be a NFL Draft in Review by myself and Ty Berna from last week. What I want to make clear to everybody is if you see those subjects in the title of our podcast, don't be don't let that scare you off and make you think that uh, it's not there's not going to be a lot of wrestling. This thing is always going to start off at least the first half of the show with a bunch of wrestling. I'm always going to give you guys a full serving of wrestling, 20 to 30 minutes. So a lot of the times, if I know if you guys listen to uh, Steve Austin's or especially Chris Jericho's, that's how these things work. He'll have his guest on, and whatever they do is what they'll go into. But they always start off with wrestling. They're always going to start off with the thoughts on the top news stories and the weekend review and wrestling. So there will always be wrestling for the first half of this podcast. Don't let the guest or the special uh, contributions or special material that comes after the wrestling part scare you off. Just stay tuned. And you never know. You might end up enjoying what we're talking about or being interested in what we're talking about just because my guest or myself are just such zany, enjoyable guys. Uh, on that note, we're going to jump right in to the Extreme Rules review and this week in news. My main man, KB, the man of 5,000 matches. What's going on, brother? I'm trying, I'm trying to, okay, I've got this idea. Do you think if I, like, stapled Christmas lights to my shoes, I could have the same effect Naomi does? Maybe. Similar. I mean, it would, it would get attention. It would get attention. There we go. I would say that. I, I can't decide if I would rather have the shoes from when you were a little kid that your parents would get you, the LA lights, and I would try to run those... away, they could see where you were going. That's what they always told me. That's why they got them for me. So if I tried to run off into the woods, because if anybody doesn't know, I was raised in the woods. If I tried to run away and it got dark, they could find me by the lights. That's why they told me they got me those shoes. So I don't know if those would be better. That's what I thought they were at first. I thought they were the, the light-ups, which would have been awesome. Yeah. Uh, but you'll get some sort of attention from that. I want to start off with, on the pre-show, for, I mean, goodness, how fortuitous was our podcast the other day when I said, I hope Neville gets put in, and he did, and... Jesus Christ on a on a Christmas tree, he fucking won that match. I could not believe it. Couldn't believe it. I was very afraid because I heard they were subbing Neville into the match, and then I just didn't. I didn't feel like it was a scenario that he would win. And I said to myself, "Well, this sucks because he's about he's on his way to becoming our next Evan Bourne or our next Kofi Kingston, a guy who comes out." does a lot of cool moves and loses not really to be taken seriously as somebody who's going to move up the chain or move around on the roster um but he didn't he won and in a good match what'd you think sorry about that um i, I liked it it was um it was a uh the, the problem that i'm worried about is as you mentioned evan Bourne. i believe it was extreme rules 2009 or 2010 i was typing to look it up that's why i muted the mic again the Anyway, the uh, Evan Bourne beat Chris Jericho clean, and then that's and then you can see where Evan Bourne went from there. I remember that match. That was an enjoyable match. It was. I'm just hoping that that's not what we saw tonight. I don't think it is, but where you have him beating a veteran who another one more loss wasn't going to hurt Jericho. It's not going to hurt Barrett. So um, – I, I don't think it is because they seem to actually be protecting Neville really well so far with making him look strong. He hasn't been squashed whatsoever. He's been competitive even against Rollins and Ziggler. Uh, the match was good. It was a very nice surprise, though, because I was just fully expecting when he was up on the on the ropes before the Red Arrow to, for him to get bull hammered and pinned. Yeah. So yeah. a win was good. Very excited about that. Uh, I'd like to see some more, a little bit of character out of Neville. Who is this guy? What's his motivation? What's he doing here? He's just kind of come out in his cape and in the fog and hasn't talked and hasn't done a bunch of flips and 
that's pretty cool. But let's let's uh, hopefully he gets into into some some mic time and some character development. Uh, the Boink. opening match was as I predicted it, but it wasn't like a wasn't like a Miss Cleo type deal. Uh, I think pretty much everybody knew that Ambrose and Harper was gonna start off the night. I almost thought for a moment that they were gonna go back to the good old Canadian Stampede, Mick Foley, Triple H, let's fight through the whole show type deal. Um, fun match, wasn't quite as brutal as I expected it to be. A um, little bit hokier than I would have liked it to be. A uh, little bit too much comedy for two guys who are pretty serious, pretty serious characters, pretty serious brawlers. But still a pretty fun, good match. What'd you think? Uh, I actually typed up that I thought they were doing the uh, Canadian Stampede thing in the yeah. review. Um, and for some reason, they just kind of took a 45-minute break, which I didn't really get. Um, it would have been cool to see like some on-location shots of them doing stuff, but uh, either way, it, I like that Ambrose won, because Harper's the kind of guy where you can just build him up through looking creepy all over yeah. again. He, Ambrose all actually, he needs to do is do like three weeks of squashes and he's right yeah. back to where he was. No big yeah, deal. Just, just have him take people's heads off with that clothesline of his and he'll be fine. Uh, Ambrose, on the other hand, actually needs some re- some uh, to be rebuilt some a little rehab. bit. Yep, yep, yep. After it's a good start tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, but just, I sent, um, I sent an email saying, so this happened and it was Ambrose beats Harper 56 minutes, 10 seconds. <laughs> Which officially is what happened. That's solid. As, that is officially what happened. As the match didn't actually end, uh, I didn't point out until later that there was we saw about fourteen minutes of it, but uh, it just—I don't really get what they were going with there. It unless it was part of the endless filler all night, which we'll get to later. But they—it uh, it seemed like they were just stalling for time. It was a cool idea, but they didn't really go anywhere with it. Endless filler, huh? I got a, I got a feeling we're gonna have different feelings about the show overall by the end. I, I, that's what it sounds like. Speaking of which, I sure hope we don't have different feelings about what I thought was an epic tag title match. We won't. How fucking good! Just, first of all, that's this would have been a fucking crime had this been on the pre-show like it was supposed oh, yeah. to be. Uh, second of all. How damn good are the New Day and Cesaro and Tyson Kidd for that matter? But oh my gosh, the way the New Day is run with this with this new uh, lease on being you know made of heels and the way the crowd reacted to them, it was just a beautiful thing. And they work really well with uh, Cesaro and Kidd. Uh, just I said that this was the best tag title match since uh, last year when they had uh, the Dust Brothers and the Shield. Just by far different than a tag team match that was the main thing that that gave them life and i hope the wwe was paying attention was that this wasn't really booked like your typical wwe style match it was booked like an nwa tag team match where there wasn't like you know because you know everybody knows every single wwe tag team match is the same exact shit faces start off hot heels get them trapped face makes the hot tag we go home it was not like this that in this match that both teams were going back and forth, taking control, hitting big moves. It was just awesome. Awesome, awesome. Give me your thoughts. Well, one quick thing. To go with what you were saying about how it's the same thing, are we not allowed to have them switch corners ever? The faces right. will all will always be in the upper left, heels in the bottom right. It, it's it seems so structured with that and it's kinda it's kind of annoying. But anyway, um I loved the match too. Um Cesaro and Kid had me won over completely when they stomped. I think it was uh, Biggie to the new to the tune of New Day Sucks. Oh, that, I that, was in such hysterics I couldn't even. My wife's looking at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I just I couldn't stop laughing long enough to tell her what was so. That was probably the best thing that I've seen so far this year. I thought that, that was so damn hilarious. That's something you would. That's something you would see in NXT, and yeah. that means it's awesome. Uh, and then Woods shouting, "Why are you booing us? Yeah. We're winning!" You know, in the part two when he said, "Why?" He says, "New day." And they said, "Sucks," and he said, "Why?" What did we do? <laughs> so perfect. Everything about that match was just brilliant. Uh, That's the idea of letting people actually react to this stuff instead of just going move by move and step by step from a script. Numbers, you, yep. you get these authentic reactions, and they're funny or 
they're timed right or there's an actual emotion. They're entertaining. Entertaining, entertaining yes. in the way that a wrestling show is supposed to be entertaining. Yeah, but the match was great. Uh, I could watch those two fight again seven or eight more times, which knowing WWE, we probably will. Yeah, in this case, in this case, I can live with that and with a smile. I'm telling you, I would love to see, love to see a, a, a triple threat: Lucha, Cesaro, and Kid, and, and New Day. It's been a and, long time since they've kind of trusted entrusted teams to go for that. Um, I mean, you know, we had the the massive clusterfuck at, at WrestleMania, but I'm talking about just on a regular. But they always have massive clusterfucks at WrestleMania. I'm talking yeah. about like a regular. Having it in a fashion where it's not just trying to get a bunch of teams on a show. Having it in a fashion where, like, hey, we got three teams that are hot. We got three teams that can really win this title. We got three teams that are going to put on a show in the opening match of the pay-per-view or the mid-card of the pay-per-view and have it be, like, a really built-up match. All these teams are over enough and talented enough to really, they should be able to put an emphasis on these tag teams like they did back in the... I shudder to say anything positive about the Attitude Era, but like they did back in the Attitude Era, yeah. the tag titles were as premier as it gets between, you know, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and, and the, the, the Dudley boys. So I, I think we could, if they do it the right way, we could definitely see a revival, and this match was proof. And if you stretch this out long enough, the Usos could be back, will be back one day. That's and they would, they would fit into this that system perfectly. Something that did not fit in perfectly was once again though it did fit perfectly with my prediction uh Sheamus and Ziggler pretty much knew that he was gonna lose and then he was not gonna own up yeah that dip. was and that is exactly what happened um pretty decent match though we got to see a lot of that's um it was good it was good that he worked one of his first premiere match after his comeback with Ziggler because he was able to pretty much open up his entire offensive uh, repertoire and use it on Ziggler, and everything looked pretty badass. Um, Ziggler's overselling didn't didn't ruin anything or make anything look phony. I mean, Seamus Seamus came out with a lot of really cool looking, really brutal looking stuff tonight. Uh, enjoyable enough. Could have took it or left it, I suppose, but didn't didn't hurt me. Didn't kill me. What did you think? Uh, I loved it. I liked, or not loved. I loved that brogue knee that Sheamus did because I thought I, I thought I had missed something, but no, it was he didn't extend the foot. Uh, it was a nice little throw-in yeah, move there. Yeah, um, yeah. I liked the match, but the problem hanging over it was what was coming at the end. Yeah, and it just like like we said last time, who thought this was funny other than Vince and Dunn? Who possibly thought this was a funny idea? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the match was okay. It was your standard, probably TV main event on uh, on SmackDown or so. It was good. Uh, I was fine with it being on the pay per view. Ziggler winning, I'm just it's there. I don't see the need to have Sheamus come back the night after WrestleMania with this new awesome character and then have him lose clean on his first pay per view match. But well, that's... he got him in a he got him in a quick fall. See, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about when we go back when everybody goes back and forth and like, oh well, they don't do clean losses and clean wins and because they have to you know book everybody. They can't let anybody look weak. Like there's ways to have people be pinned and get beat without cheating to where it doesn't make them look weak. Like you can just catch a fall on somebody. You can catch a roll up on somebody. Like that kind of thing happens and that's what happened there. Yeah. So I don't think it makes Seamus look bad at all. And I do expect to see Seamus get some get some comeuppance uh, tomorrow night or, you know, in the f- near future where he's going to hurt Dolph and put him down for a little while because of what happened. Yeah, I just hope it's not more anything. I hope that what happened after the match doesn't become, like, a trend yeah. that, and the, the focal point of, of their feud going forward if they, I'm pretty sure they'll have a feud People going People taking out their butt cheeks. I'm, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Where the fuck was the, what is the, uh, was the AJ Caitlin kiss my ass match? Where was that? Come on. Um, <laughs> that, that 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 might be demeaning to them or something. Right, right. Uh, speaking of uh, divas, I I don't I, I don't know I don't get it. Like I've saw, seen a lot of people kind of shit on this match, but I thought this was fuck as solid as it gets for a fucking for a women's match. I mean I didn't see anything wrong with it at all. It's hard to explain to people because both ladies showed a, a wide range of, of maneuvers and impressive looking stuff, but everything, the transitions and everything about it just looks so awkward and like unnatural. Um, but beyond that, I mean, for what we usually have in a Divas division, this was 
pretty damn solid wrestling, I thought. Yeah, I was fine with it. It wasn't, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's about as good as we're going to get to the Divas. Um, the transitions between moves are still, uh, well, awful. But um, the, it was okay. The, Nikki has gotten to the point where she can have a totally acceptable match. Uh, her character development is another story entirely. Um, the, the match was fine. It was better than I was expecting. Uh, nothing great, but they, they don't embarrass themselves anymore. Well, uh, these two didn't. No. But uh, that's what I mean. I mean, Cameron or any of those other low-level ones. That's you know another... what a positive is? Speaking of which, your favorite diva on the roster, Cameron. I mean, she's got to be pretty much gone now, right? Because you can't have, like, both the Fungodactyls running around being heels. Well, the, the, what I'm sensing with the, the vibe I got off the end of that match was um, uh, Naomi wants revenge on the Bellas and goes back to an old friend to help her even things out. Man, that'd be just over. So and over. Why do I have a bad feeling I this mean that sarcastically? Could... I'm aware of that. <laughs> why do I have why do I have a feeling this could somehow end with Cameron with the title? because uh, you're paranoid? Yeah, that's never that was never happening. And now I know we'll end up going forwards and I'll like replay this part on a later podcast when Cameron does indeed win the title. I was took me a minute to get a hold of what was going on because, man, Naomi, what, how many different aspects of the character got changed or, like, introduced all at once? Like, the, she came out, she had light-up shoes, she had new theme music, she had Sasha Banks's sunglasses on, she poked her ass out and did a little dance. Like, what the fuck was going on there? That was all out of nowhere. They had to change her because she was the most, like, energetic, happy diva ever otherwise, but... It was a little bit kind of jarring. Yeah, all, very jarring. All I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, like you said, did they take Sasha and put her in Naomi's body? And You know what, though? Beyond that, beyond the fact that it was a shock that they all it all came out at once, um, it looks, I think after she gets some time to get used to the character and, and uh, practice the nuances of it, I think she'll be able to... Uh, I think she'll be fine. ...carry it pretty well. She did all right for, for so much be. being new. Uh, I would I wouldn't out. mind her get I wouldn't mind her getting rid of the rear view if she's a heel, but uh yeah. That that head scissor driver she had for a while was fine. Yeah. Head scissor drive right in to this Rusev and Cena match. Which um was was pretty solid, I thought, actually. Uh probably a little bit better than I thought. Um they didn't really use the chain. Michael Cole, you're a fucking moron, first of all. Don't sit there and fucking say, oh, he's using the chain to help with the STF. He's using the chain for the... I have fucking eyeballs. I can see. I can see things with my eyeballs, and I can clearly see that the chain is not involved in the STF in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I can see it. You can see it. Why are you saying that? Shut up. Fuck. Everything else, though, was fine. The only thing that really bothered me was... Uh, in any other strap match when a move gets performed in the midst of touching the corners you have to start over yeah. Cena did the AA before touching the fourth corner that means it starts over this is not yeah. NOM there are rules am I the only yeah. person who gives a shit about the rules around here yes I guess so um, I I I'm right there with you on it doesn't make sense but they change the rules every 10 seconds. In the same match? That literally was 10 seconds. I think it was less than 10 seconds before this that they started touching the corners and then someone did a move and they had to start over again. Yeah, that's always what been a very fuck? gray area. I, I was I was like you, like, that's not stopping progress or momentum? I, I, I'm right there with you, but I the one thing that I was glad, I can forgive them for this, they did at least come up with a different ending. Yeah, you know what, it, there you go. It wasn't the same thing, so I would I can forgive it for the sake of that. I mean, it looked they were teasing the whole he's following him and doesn't know that he's touching the buckles, which somehow no one's ever caught on to that. But I was fine with them both getting it and then actually having a tug of war in the middle of the ring over it. Uh, like you said, the match was fine. Um, I don't see really feel the need to ever see them fight for about another oh year or two. Well, guess what? Too fucking oh. bad because you're about to in a month. In the match that Cena will never lose, no matter what. 
Well, that's going to be, um, that's kind of a rock and a hard place type situation there, because it's tough for me to see Rusev give up, too, but I guess he's, well, no, I bet I know what's going to happen. I'll bet you, uh, Lana throws in the towel. That's and a then, very good possibility. And then that's how they get their split. I mean, after after seeing uh, John Cena go through the torture porn that was Breaking Point against Randy Orton, uh, I, I, I find a very... Shudder to think what might be coming. I, I have a very hard time believing that he is ever going to lose an I Quit match. Good thing I'll be in... I won't be watching it on TV to see the welts. I'll be in Section 121 at the Baltimore Arena for that one. But... That'll be a weird match to watch, I guess, on TV or uh, in person. Um, another prediction that I got right was that Reigns and Show really stepped up, really exceeded expectations, and the crowd ate it up. And surprisingly, in a smart haven like Chicago, Reigns got a pretty much 100% positive response. Although, can we? Can we give the smashing somebody through the barrier thing a break for, like, a little while? Like, come on. The second he even went over there, I was like, well, here it comes. Like, let's let's give it a break for a little bit. Also, yeah, can we please stop recycling? Like, I recycled finishes are fine, but when you recycle a finish from another really high-profile angle that wasn't even a year ago, like when John Cena trapped Bray Wyatt inside of a box or whatever the fuck it was, and he couldn't get up for the 10 count, that's basically the same finish we saw here come on guys see, i don't even i didn't even see why we needed the table when they had they just did that big spear to yeah, put that big was show fucking ridiculous i was like how is that even possible how'd that even happen just now like big yeah. show and him big show who was 500 pounds and roman reigns flew in the air to the other table through it that was fucking incredible and why I don't know why they couldn't just end it there. It comes off the vibe that I got from it. I liked the match. The match was good. I'm not saying this ruined it for me in any way, shape, no, or form. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm like, well, that's kind of stupid overkill, but the match is still very good. Yeah. Well, it came off to me like, well, the table beat Big Show, not the spear. Maybe that's what he'll say. Ooh, and then this fucking feud can continue. We can, feud one can going, only hope. This feud that started in December... And it's still going. We're getting close to, to Daniel Bryan versus the authority levels. Which, at least that feud was good and went somewhere. This feud has been the same thing for five months. And Big Show continues to be big. Though I will give them this. The line where he read their notes and said, what do you mean I need yeah, to lose weight? That was brilliant. That That's was the glorious. type of thing that only somebody with the awareness and experience and natural uh, comedic abilities of the Big Show, like... Only he would fucking think of that. Like, that was too funny. And, like, I loved how he worked the match where he was trying to deny everybody weapons and he was breaking everything, not letting him use it. That was that was solid stuff. That was good. Yeah, it was, it was a much better match than I was expecting. Um, I had no desire. It, it takes a lot to go from where you have zero interest in a match and are dreading watching it to that was pretty good. That's quite a, that's quite a good lead yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Speaking of a match that I had zero interest in and continued to when I began to fall asleep during it, you go first, Orton and Rollins. Um, this is what I was thinking of earlier when I uh, when you were talking about changing the rules on the fly. Yeah, well, off the top, he's going to come out and say that was a diamond cutter, right? Or are they going to go straight for the most the weakest bullshit possible and just say, oh, well, it was just for Randy Orton? Is he going to say it was a diamond cutter and have kind of a cool thing? Or is it going to be, oh, well, it was just Randy Orton, so no. Well, the the idea of saying it was a diamond cutter would imply that a heel can be smart, and that's just blasphemy these days. Yeah. So it's going to be, he'll say, only Orton was banned from it, and they'll probably have a contract saying it because WWE thinks we want to watch Law & Order. Um, I mean, to me, ending a, ending a pay-per-view in in confusion like that's probably the least entertaining emotion that besides uh, sadness is probably the least entertaining emotion that exists everyone's just really confused like there wasn't any outrage there wasn't any oh well this is what happened so he's a bastard because of this it was just like everybody was just really confused like wait what but then he said but I thought he said but what but why no that was not wasn't fun that wasn't nice Right. Especially when they could have just had 
Kane like choke slam Orton and Rollins scurries away uh, in the confusion. They could have done that. They could have had the Stooges sacrifice themselves so that Rollins could escape. They could have done almost anything. I like that, that both of us have like because the the stipulations and like the rules and logic in WWE are so fucking just irrelevant that both of us just completely passed over the fact that like Orton picked this match because to stop interference and the match, oh, you're right. half the fucking match was interference <laughs> with people in the ring and fucking Kane and the the Stooges and everything like and appropriately enough you gracious appropriately enough you were saying about um recycling stories isn't that exactly the same thing that happened to Cena with the Wyatts uh, I think in Extreme Rules, or uh, yeah, it was Extreme Rules who was the one that Wyatt won. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know where they can go with this. Orton will probably get yet another rematch. Um, oh, yeah. Now, hopefully, they can add somebody to it um, or something to it. Not another gimmick because I don't get the logic of going from singles match to cage match to singles match. Uh, it's just. You should build to a crescendo, uh, but maybe that's just the old wrestling fan in me talking. That might uh, be. Well, that's another option for what might happen here, and I'll fucking scream to the heavens if it does. What I did to deserve it, but maybe they bring up. Well, you said the arcade was banned, and that means for everybody, so that means it invalidated the match. So now we have to have a rematch. God, that would fucking rock. I would rock like a parking ticket. Um, hopefully yeah. not. Uh, so overall, what were you, how, how'd you feel about that? I felt it pretty much did what we thought it was going to do. Um, I wasn't pumped that pumped going into it, but after we talked about it and we really worked out what we thought, and then when guys were given a chance to push the envelope a little bit, get some work, I mean, we got at least three um, good to great matches out of this show, so I, I can't say it was say, say it was a bad ad- outing. I was disappointed with some of the ways that they went about things, but overall very good night of action in my opinion. You seem to think that there was it was mostly filler. No, 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 that's not what I meant. What I meant was there were pockets in there where it's just like it felt like they were solving for time. You had the two very long network previews. You had Bo Dallas and Ryback, which didn't really serve anything other than Ryback is here, he's big, he's strong. Um, you did. Uh, there was the Ambrose and uh, and Harper coming back, which was fine. It just felt like, why are we doing this? That um, you had uh, the authority segment in the back with Kane and Rollins arguing again, stuff like that. Just felt like it was just trying to pad things out. I agree. The show. I would put this up as a pleasant surprise. Uh, the show was fine. Um, I liked it. I didn't feel like I wasted my time on it. It was easily worth ten bucks. Uh, but yeah, just, I thought that there was there was so much little stuff like that. They could probably have they could have added more time to like New Day against Cesaro and Kid, or yeah. uh, they could have maybe given given the Divas up to ten minutes instead of the, your usual seven and a half. It's just, uh, I don't need to see ads for a network that I'm already watching. I get what they're doing with it because yeah, it's the free. Yeah, well, it's, they gotta, yeah, yeah, an, it's the free month, so yeah, I get that, and that's that's one thing. Um, I I just don't care for the whole. It, it felt like stuff like that where it's like just get on with it already. I I didn't watch this show to watch ads and segments that feel like they can be put on Raw, which don't really add anything other than hey, did you know that Kane and Rollins don't like each other because they don't like each other. We don't she know if we pick told that you that up enough. from the opening video and the pre-show and everything else that's involved with this. Exactly, and it's just like, why do we need to have another segment that adds nothing to this? Speaking of uh, things that were what the fuck on the uh, the advertisements, uh, I guess the King of the Ring is back next week. Um, this showed up with all of the advertisement and foresight of a fucking meteor strike. Uh, what? Holy shit. First of all, I'm all about... I love the King of the Ring. Always liked it when I was little, when they had the, the pay-per-views back in the day with Bret Hart and then Owen Hart won and all that. Um, but it was... There's no advertisement here. It was really, really clumsily and confusingly laid out. First, Cole said that the finals were going to be on Tuesday, but Cole's a fucking moron. 
We've already established that. So, it was going to take that to the bank. So, Cole says the finals are on. Then the graphic says that the King of the Ring tournament is on at 9 o'clock, broadcasting live. Which makes me think it's a 9 to 11 slot. Two hours. I'm hoping. Um, and then, at, right after, a news report comes out WWE.com that preliminary matches for King of the Ring are going to happen on Monday. What? Who knows what preliminary means in this situation? I'm very excited about, number one, the King of the Ring coming back. Number two, there being a legitimate network special that used to fill, once upon a time, a pay-per-view spot that they're really making into a big-time network deal, which is something I've been saying that they should do for a long, long time. Um... But on the other hand, they just did a horrible job of rolling this out with no prior advertisement. Uh, the layout for what was actually going to go down was really confusing, and they only have tomorrow night to straighten out what exactly people are going to be tuning into and why they should want to tune into it. Um, hopefully they do a good job of putting it over tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, those, that's Merry Christmas, I guess. What, what do you think? Yeah. I'm fine with I, I I'm not as big on the tournament as you are. I'm fine with it coming back. It's it's something that has a history. It's done a lot of people a lot of good over the years. Uh, it might give us somebody added into the main event scene or even just the upper mid card scene. Um, you might even get some debuts in the tournament. Uh, it's fine. Uh, like you said though, the rollout was very very confusing. Um, I mean, when you say preliminary matches, does that mean like the quarterfinals? Does it mean matches to get into the quarterfinals? Does it mean getting everything down to two people? What exactly does that mean? Um, I'm sure WWE has an answer, and then they'll have five more answers, and then we'll see what we actually get, and that'll be the real answer, because they can't figure stuff out from day to day sometimes. Um, I'm fine with the idea. It's it, If it gives us some fresh matches and not 8,000 rematches all over again which it probably will. Uh, I'm fine with it. It's a cool idea. It can give somebody a quick push. So, all in all, it's a nice little surprise. Well, and the, and the big deal in this to me is, I think they should... Now, this is a, a conceptual change that probably won't, you know, it won't happen this year, obviously. But I've always thought, you know, we're at a point in the way people view wrestling and they view big events like that, where something... There needs to be a reward at the end. Like, there needs to be a, a king's contract that he's the king of the ring so he can cash in at any time, kind of like a money in the bank. Um, something like that where the king of the ring has something associated with winning it besides just, hey, I'm the king of the ring. Um, or they should automatically be put into a, a top contender slot or... It should be for, you know what I mean? Like a future title shot at a, to main event a pay-per-view right. or something. Something to where it's something other than, hey, I won the King of the Ring. Good for me. Like, you know? I may or may not start coming out in a crown, um, as half the people do, half the people don't. I mean, I like the idea. For a while, it was uh, you get the title shot at SummerSlam. Yeah, which well, was, I think it was only, was it one year or two years? I think that was, that. I, I know it was for Lesnar. Lesnar, um, yeah. I don't know I don't, if they did it before or after that. I don't recall it otherwise, because um, Booker won the King of the Ring, and then he got the shot at Great American Bash. Yeah, but I don't think it was associated with... I, mean, I don't it think it was associated as far as it took his character to new heights. Right, I don't think and, it was a guaranteed title shot or anything. But that's like. what I mean. If they're not going to put something that is stated on the line, they need to ensure that it goes somewhere after that. That yes. the next week someone comes out and confronts a title holder and says, Hey, I won the King of the Ring. I'm the king of this ring, and you, I deserve a title shot. That's where that should go. Like, immediately. Immediately. They need to emphasize what the importance of and what that person accomplished. Or it's just going to go back to being nothing. Right. I mean, I was watching WrestleMania 4 the other day, and uh, as Bad News Brown wins the Battle Royal, uh, Jesse says um, this is going to jump him in the rankings, put him right in line for possible title shots. Yep, exactly. And that's Even exactly the, how you're supposed to book it. Exactly. Um, 
But, I mean, I'd be fine with, like, the... By the way, I haven't gotten over that. Bad News Brown, you're a motherfucker for taking advantage of Bret Hart like that and kicking him at the end of the fucking thing, and it's mashing the trophy on him. You're a fucking asshole. All right, go ahead. Keep going. Thank you for that foreshadowing for later. Um, uh, but, yeah, I'd be fine with, like, I don't know, call it king for a day or something. I don't know. Just give it, like, a, a title match that later on that he can cash in whenever. I mean, I, well, maybe not whenever, but if he has to announce it in advance, I don't want another money in the bank situation going on. That thing drives me crazy every year. But, yeah, I'm not not a huge fan either. Uh, uh, but but we'll see. Let, let him do something like that. It'd be fine. You can. I mean, even I don't know. Maybe if Brian has to forfeit the title, the King of the Ring is the new Intercontinental Champion. Well, then it becomes an Intercontinental Title tournament. This is true. You know what I mean? That's that's the one thing I was, yeah. I was thinking of the same thing, but then I'm like, eh, you don't want you want to avoid making, because then it's just a title tournament. Okay. You know, that's probably true. Um, yeah, but there's a million ways they could go with it, and they'll probably pick the stupidest one. Yeah, the lamest one that wastes all our time. Someone who is not wasting time, or you know, according to you, you know, depending on who you talk to, they have wasted a lot of time. Apparently. And this is on. This was on the sheets. This was on the Jardines, so I wouldn't bet the farm on it. But apparently, Samoa Joe was backstage at NXT this week in discussions with Triple H. What do you think of Samoa Joe possibly showing up to NXT? Oh, the crowd would erupt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it would be. It would probably trump Finn Balor. It would probably trump. Um... Don't you say it. Because it wouldn't. Well, it might. I don't know. I don't think it can get much louder than the first time that Kevin Owens walked out on that stage. It was that was fucking incredible. That was thunderous. I was going to say. I was going to say a Tommy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't going to go with Owens yet. That's uh, we already have um enough fat guys who can move around much better than they than you would think. And yes, I stole that line from you. Um. Uh, Joe showing up. I'd be. It, he deserves a spot in WWE at some point if they let him be the Samoa Joe from 2005 to 2008 before he just fell off the face of the planet. Well, and it's hard not to fall off the face of the planet when ninjas in a van kidnap you, KB. Fuck. <laughs> and it's never addressed yes. again. He just came back. He must have fight his way free. They, you know, that they missed an op- oh, interesting opportunity there. Uh, it just... I, when Joe is motivated, and if he can do that spot where someone is diving in him and he just casually walks away, that yeah. is that is easily one of my all-time favorite spots. Just because it's it's so logical, yeah. but no one does it. Uh, Joe showing up would be fine. It will be it will add to NXT's ROH All Stars appeal, um, and maybe I, I I'd be fine if he never did anything on the main roster. Just having be in NXT for a year or two maybe pop up in like a like the rumble one year or something that's the major crux of my whole deal with this on the one hand and now i'll say the phrase the way the proper way on the one hand we already have a fat guy who does flips on the other hand if they are really trying to go with this as uh like you know the world's most high profile indie fed or whatever the fuck you want to call it um that style of wrestling the the internet the iw the iwc uh wf down there if they're really trying to go that way the way and you know that this is a pivotal step uh a step that would be a linchpin of that movement just because samoa joe is is pretty legendary at least on that level uh it would have been a bigger deal a few years ago but then again nxt wasn't what it is now a few years ago so on the one hand I don't know how much he's going to add for me personally. On the other hand, I get it. Because this, like I said, will further enhance his... Will further enhance what NXT is trying to be and try to, trying to build itself into. And on that front, I think he'll he'll add a, a decent... A decent... Uh, he'll be a decent addition to the roster down there, basically. Yeah, and if nothing else, the WWE has people who will make sure he actually stays in reasonable shape. I mean, if you look at Owens, he's lost a pretty significant amount of weight since yeah, he was in yeah, Ring of yeah, Honor. Yeah. So, I mean, he's never going to be, like, Kyler Breeze's size, yeah. but he's fine. Uh, he, 
and and you know that's part of that's part of the daily routine down there. And if you're gonna stick around, you gotta stick with it. Just ask uh, Chris Hero. Oh yeah. What happens or Cassius Ono? What happens when you don't show effort in the daily physical workouts down there? Um, because WWE can WWE can hire anybody they want. They're gonna if they want somebody, they're probably going to get them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. If Joe doesn't want to do it, they can find somebody else. They'll just push Kevin Steen even harder, and or Kevin Owens even harder, and it'll be fine. And no one will miss Joe. No one misses Chris Hero down there. He was fine for a little while, then he left, and I don't think I've thought of him until you just mentioned him. <laughs> I think if they would have kept going and developed that character where you had kind of the distant, the distant voice, and, you know, he was really heartless and just hurt people, and he got his physique looking a little bit more like a, than a fucking homeless guy that rides a bike around in sweatpants. Uh, he could have been uh, quite a bit better. He, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be back someday when he gets his head right. Um, now, I mean, while we're on the subject of everyone's baby, of our baby, NXT, what, what were your uh, NXT highlights from this week? Well, uh, it wasn't so much of a highlight as much as a, um, why are we doing this again? It was uh, Alex Riley versus uh, Kevin Owens 2, which didn't really tell us anything we hadn't seen in the their matchup in Columbus. Uh, yeah. Riley is, I've, I've been a fan of Riley since he was, uh, since he broke away from Miz and a little bit before. The guy just has that natural charisma, and he still has it, even though he hasn't, even though he's had about five matches in two years. Um, I got the story they were going with, and I didn't need to see it again. Um, but the match was fine. Other than that, we had... Uh, the other thing I liked was the continuing drama of Carmella hopefully turning on Enzo and Cass. Uh, one can only hope. Just, I do like the fact that, that NXT has caught on that no one likes her. And well, they got have... on too late because the time to catch on to it would have been before they fucking did all this and slowed Enzo and Cass down. But I... <laughs> I get this is just this feels like one of those cases, and it's odd to me because Triple H is involved down there. But this feels like a like a Vince Michael Hayes deal where like like they don't get that there's a difference between guys like Enzo and Cass. Who are a, who are supposed to be portraying a culture that people find it annoying, but at sometimes it's so annoying and over the top that people can also find it a little bit endearing. The females who belong to that culture are never, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, found to be endearing at all. And Carmella is not endearing at all. So. Yeah. That that was a different miscalculation to me, but at least it looks like they're trying to right the ship. And hopefully, this is Enzo and Cass's uh, last run. Hopefully, they'll they'll go after the titles, get a little run with the belts, and then be headed on up. Just the way the Ascension, R.I.P. Ascension, moment of silence. Hmm. Be silent, be silent, KB, for the Ascension. And the Lucha Dragons went up. Um, hopefully, they'll be on their way as well and allowed to do their thing. But I do agree. Thank God it's finally happening. Carmella officially turning heel. She's been a heel since the day she showed up in, oh, yeah. in my life. I think in everyone's life. Yep. It, it, just like you said, with, with a character like that, it is not going to be endearing when you have Bailey on the same roster, who not is the most, ad, the most adorable person that has ever lived in the history of this planet. Yes. And no one is going to cheer Carmella when they can cheer for Bailey. Um, yeah, just there. I don't get their thinking on that, but at least they do seem to realize that it wasn't working. You got anything else from NXT? Not much. It's kind of a down week before they yeah, start. Yeah, that's getting... like the odd, the thing that's rough about NXT since they only seem to have at any given time a roster of yeah, fifteen to twenty going at once. Um, is that you get these lulls where they kind of have to reload, where they've kind of done everything that they can do with the people available on the roster, and then they got to kind of move some people on, move some people up, do some things. Uh, interesting factoid, I found out the other day there are 80, as in 8-0, 80 wrestlers down in training Good, at NXT, right. outside of what you see on the weekly show. Oh, yeah, because there they were five that were released this past week, and yeah, I had heard of yeah. one of them. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. There's people, there's over, you know, not just one or two, five people got released, and I never even, I knew, didn't know who any of them are, so. Right. Oh, and one other thing we forgot, Sammy's back, and going after Owens like he should be for oh, yeah. their oh, yeah. their long-awaited rematch. Um, I, I'm kind of hoping that Sammy loses so he can finally get to Raw, uh, where he should have been. Well, I would say should have been a long time ago, but then we wouldn't have had the Road to Redemption. Yeah, I was... think, I mean, the Road to Redemption was fantastic. The Zayn owens feud is fantastic. It's one of the best matches I've seen in a very long time. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Sammy kind of carries that brand on his back at times. He's definitely oh, yeah. the best thing going on it. Can work good, well with anybody. Um, and I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying it now before, you know, I don't want the, them to bring him up and then... Have nothing to have do with it him. not work out. I mean, he to me has, if they handle it right, has Daniel Bryan potential written all over him. Oh yeah, he can be that guy. He can be the guy who isn't built like a fucking bodybuilder or a comic book character come to life, who just rustles his ass off and connects with the crowd and has great uh, facial expressions, has great emotions, has great selling, and can get people on his side. He could be that guy if they handle it right, and so I'm not, I'm in no rush, because I don't want them to screw that up. Well, quick thing about Sammy. I saw him at a house show. Um, I think it was late 2012. Uh, he came out to mostly crickets and about six people chanting Olay, and he left after a 10-minute match with Jack Swagger. He left to cheers. He got the crowd to care about him in 10 minutes when nobody knew who he was yeah. coming in. That is, that's pure talent. You cannot teach that. You either have it or you don't, and Sammy has it in droves. Uh, uh, my NXT highlights, obviously, maybe I'll just make this a, a weekly segment. My, my weekly segment dedicated to the incomparable, immortal Dana Brooke. Um, I know everybody out there is really happy with, with hearing me talk so nicely about her. She, <laughs> her promo, she is, is ghastly. Like, it just has heel heat dripping off of her. She is busted as shit in a lot of areas. Like, her teeth are weird, and she has really fucking weird, like, checkmark blocky eyebrows. And, like, she is just looks ridiculous in a lot of ways but she talks in such a way that makes her like she's so above everybody and it's she's the worst things in the world the people that annoy you in real life who people who hold themselves up to like they think they're on this level so much higher than everybody else but you can just take one look at them and be like really you're not shit you're not a very good wrestler you your face and certain features look fucking crazy you're really not that great, but you think you're the greatest. I, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was hilariously, uh, you know, steeped in in heel heel persona. What did you think of the promo? I liked it uh, for the same reason you did. She is one of the most natural, easy to hate people that I have seen in so long, and you you cannot buy that. You, it is so easy to want to see someone knock her head off. And to see her fail. See, maybe maybe people aren't quite as educated as they think they are. Maybe that's why everybody was so fast to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, she sucks. She can't wrestle. That two-minute match. She should just go away. I fucking hate her. She ain't shit. Maybe they're just being worked by Dana Brooke being an awesome heel. Who knows? Yeah. Well, just I have I have long since given the benefit of the doubt to NXT to take anything that looks horrible and make it into one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. And Dana Brooke, she did not start off very well, but she, um, she's there. The, the elements are there to make her into something special. And if they could take Charlotte or Sasha Banks or anybody else down there and turn them into the female fighting forces. Yeah. People that forget them... that Sasha Banks, the first time she came out, she looked like a creative wrestler that somebody just like, threw up on template and then never actually customized like that's what she looked like at the very beginning and now she's the fucking boss now she's amazing um something that i'm not gonna have to mold a whole lot for me and then i'm looking forward to is this breeze and valor feud that looks like it's coming up they look to have some damn great matches coming up um uh, both guys just the styles they work should mesh really well 
Um, hopefully this will finally get Balor some some promo time because as much as people go on and on about, oh, Balor should be up to the main roster. I don't know why he's so good, this, that, and the other. But to me, what else is this guy past an entrance? He's never cut a promo. I mean, his promo work thus far has been pretty much, hey, I've wrestled in a lot of places and I came here to compete. And here's my cool entrance. And we haven't really gotten any insight into what kind of who he is, what his character is. Nothing. Past the entrance and the moveset, um, it's just hard to latch on to anything or, or figure out anything about him or why I should care about him. So I hope that in a, in a legitimate one-on-one feud that he's going to get some solid mic time and some solid time to, to dig into his character a little bit more. Right, because the only feud that he's had so far has been Ascension, which was Hideo Itami's feud. Which and was Balor... Hideo Itami's feud, and was carried on the mic by the Ascension. Yeah, and Balor was just there as a guy Itami knew. Rest in peace, and... Ascension. Rest in peace. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I think he'll be fine, though. I th- he's one of those guys where just the natural talent that he has will rise up, like the Ascension should have, uh, and just... He'll be fine, I think. The the coup de gras is a good enough finisher. It looks like it would break every rib in your body, but somehow he makes it work. Um, I don't and, know. I guess I'm not super hot on it. It kind of, I don't know. Kind of looks kind of awkward and silly sometimes when he does it. Have you ever well, that, seen the uh, the the moonwalker double stomp where it's a moonsault into that? Now that yes would look insane. Oh, <laughs> that oh, would be does. effective. But it'd be really difficult to hit as well. So yeah, I think Balor's Balor might look a little bit awkward with it, just out of trying to protect the guy. Yeah, I mean, you 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 can't come straight down onto somebody and potentially hit like their lungs or their heart. Um, but uh, and with Breeze, uh, Breeze is a guy where people seem to overlook. He has I haven't seen him have a, have a bad match in oh, months. No. He, his gimmick would be dead on arrival on the main roster if they brought him up as is. You uh, think so? No, not at all. Really? Yeah, really. Uh, it, it's the same reason I'm worried about Enzo and Cass coming up. Enzo and Cass far more so, because uh, JBL would just have a field day with them and completely miss the point of the characters, as he is known to do. Um, but Breeze, if they let it... I think he'd be better... I wanted to see him as, like debut as like Miz's uh, fashion coordinator <laughs> or I think something he's a like little that. bit too over and, and too too big by this point to film the deal I don't think they can do that anymore where they can debut like you know when NXT first started they right. could debut got they could debut people in the way that they debuted the shield or they debuted you know where they were not really connected to their characters down there but I think it's it's got it's grown way too big um, by this point, this is for, true for them to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, the other problem with it is WWE is flat out saying, "Here, these people are. Watch them," and then you can't really expect them to not, not know who they over. are. Yeah. Too bad also, they didn't. Too, too bad they didn't start doing that before poor Adam Rose came on up. Oh man! Again, there is a long diatribe about him uh, somewhere in there. Um, the guy could have been the modern-day godfather, but let's turn him heel and have him fight a rabbit. Well, besides the fighting the rabbit part, I mean, I think... See, that's another one, where if they just delved into the character a little bit, there's potential there. Him being, you know, feeling like some sort of demigod, you know what I'm saying? Like, treating those those guys like shit, but they follow him around anywhere because he's famous or he's like a rock star or whatever. There's potential there, but he doesn't do nothing. He just kind of comes out and loses every now and again, so... Well, I mean... I would have, I mean, if you could go that way, I would have had him just come out at the start of a house show, some low-level heel, like Heath Slater, comes out and says, this is serious business, we don't dance here. You're a party pooper. Two-minute match, party foul, everybody dances, on with the show. The, that, to, that would have kept him a job for years. Back to Breeze, and especially Enzo and Cass, I have to, I have to respectfully but strongly disagree. I think Breeze is fine just because he plays the hell out of that character. Like, he is so into it and is so entertaining in it. I mean, someone like fucking 
Fandango got over for a little while in a abjectly more ridiculous character because people latched onto it and because he was so into it. Breeze is so into the over top over the top nature of the character and so into so into everything about it and people like to latch onto it and are interested in it. I don't think that could fail until, you know, he gets the he gets the Big E treatment, the Bo Dallas treatment, the Ascension treatment, where for whatever wild fucking reason, they decide, hey, you came to the main roster, so let's eliminate uh, a large portion of the nuances that made your character work in the first place. Like Big E losing the five count, like Ascension losing their style pretty much completely, where they used to beat people down in the corner and do fast tags. Uh, and like Bo Dallas getting over and then getting hurt, and then just never coming back for no reason whatsoever. And just being a guy who was out there to get beaten up and not actually have decent matches as he could do. Uh, uh, as far as Enzo and Cass, I guess I guess I guess I get your JBL deal, but I mean that's well the other problem. Stop that, and and if he goes in on them and he's like, oh well, it's it's different when his when his faces because he's a heel commentator. If he talks bad about them, like, these guys are idiots, they irritate me so much, well, he's a heel commentator, so, you know, that that's whatever, they can go against that. Enzo and Cass are almost, because you remember, you remember, this is before the WWE Network even existed, this is before NXT, anybody watched it, I was on that website talking about how amazing Enzo Amore was from the day I oh, saw I remember him. You. I remember he, you. He, I mean, he is impossible not to latch on to, not to have fun listening to him out there cutting his promos. It's And people like to latch on to things that they can sing along with, that they can say. So oh, sure. they're only going to have to come out and cut those promos about certified G, bona fide stud. Um, you can't teach that. And calling people soft, spell it out for you. That's only going to have to happen a couple times before the crowd is at least, I mean, for fuck's sake, they sing along with Ryback. And Ryback is garbage as far as, like, character depth and how they've actually built him. But they damn sure still sing along with Feed Me More. So I, oh, I think Enzo and Cash are can't miss. And I think they've been ready to be can't miss for at least a year. It's it's. I absolutely uh, I hope. I absolutely hope you are right on this because I love all three of those guys. Yeah. I would. I hope I am absolutely wrong on this. And I would gladly admit to being if. If uh, if they show up in our massive successes, but like you said, they will WWE will fix them and make them TV worthy or whatever their their branding of that is, where they just can't leave well enough alone and go with what worked because they feel the need to change everything that does work. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just Enzo and Cass, they are incredibly entertaining. Breeze has gone from the stupidest comedy character ever to a treat to watch. Uh, and, yeah, I, I absolutely hope I am wrong on that. Let's hope they leave well enough alone. Uh, this was uh, good stuff, some great insight. Everybody remember, KB is at KB Wrestling Reviews, KBWrestlingReviews.com. Uh, you can go see his more uh, written-out, detailed breakdowns of all the matches in the show itself. You can get the actual grade, which you can only get at his website. Uh, I thank you again, my good man, for being on the show, going over this with me. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Uh, as to all of you out there, remember, uh, next week for your Monday morning commute, myself and Ty, the equalizer, Berna, are going to have NFL draft reaction and uh, NFL draft review for you. But remember, we're going to start off with at least 20 to 30 minutes of wrestling I promise so don't let the football talk scare you away but we will go over that it should be pretty much a mega cast I'm planning on it going pretty long because we're both jabbermouths very soon I will also have the Shockmaster on we're going to discuss how he became an archaeologist and what goes into that because I have no fucking idea and I'm pretty sure none of you do either um not to mention, we're going to go over uh, comics and movie canon, uh, what's going on. There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of teeth gnashing over the Batman vs. Superman trailer that just recently came out, and especially over 
the appearance of the Joker over this last week, uh, Jared Leto's version of the Joker, because, you know, you need to freak out and get super upset because that's basically, you know, that, that, that comic book canon, they might as well be disrespecting a religious book, right? No, wrong, shut up. We'll get into that, I'm sure myself and the Shockmaster will have different opinions, and many of you have, may have opinion that differs from me as well. We'll also discuss the uh, upcoming X-Men movie, um, the Avengers that just came out. I wonder if you've seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Movie theaters aren't really my deal anymore, unless it's for something big, um, bigger than the Avengers. We're going to talk about all that stuff next week, the characterization of those characters and everything that's coming up. And of course, KB will always be back soon with another review of the week's news and shows. Uh, I'd like to, everybody, like to thank everybody for tuning in again. And remember, the card is subject to change. And in the end, the good guys always win. See you soon.